0: Hey, I'm glad you're back here to check out episode four of A Widow's Heart. I'm your host, Pam Lundell, and even though it's been years since I lost my first husband, I have a heart for widows wherever you are on your journey. I found a quote that might sum things up for you Being a widow is kind of like folding a fitted sheet. No one really knows how. <laughs> my hand is raised. You should see me trying to fold a fitted sheet, it's a mess. And that's what I was like early on in my widow journey. And I think God might have called it a
1: beautiful mess as He guided me through. Today, we're going to talk about grief. It goes back to feeling out of control and kind of losing that hope um, as you learn to adjust to what is my life going to look like now.
0: I'm Pamela Dell, and this is A Widow's Heart. Welcome to A Widow's Heart, episode four. Um, I'm glad that you're here. And my special guest is Beth Filson, who is a licensed, independent clinical social worker with Christian Family Solutions. Now, Beth, welcome. And first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what you do with uh, Christian Family Solutions?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So I have been a social worker for several years now, and kind of where I started was more in the medical field. Um, And early in my social work career, I kind of found my way into working with a hospice program, and I really loved that for a long time. And that's kind of where I develop my knowledge and really love for helping people um, as they work with their family members through the end-of-life process and then supporting them through that time as well as the grief and bereavement time following the loss of their loved ones. Um, Just under a year ago, um, I took the position with Christian Family Solutions. Um, What kind of drew me to that organization was my ability to really share my faith on a day-to-day basis. So my role there really has been um, to um, provide therapy to adolescents and adults, um, and more recently kind of transitioned into some management duties with our behavioral health home program, which is kind of our case management program within Christian Family Solutions.
0: Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And I'm sure you have so many stories um, to share, and I hope we can share one or two of them during our time together. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, um, we often hear about the five stages of grief, and many think they they happen in linear order, but that's not quite right. And I just heard something interesting, too, Beth, that um, I was reading a book, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who um, yes. came up with the five stages of grief, and was it 1969? Um, it was a while ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was
0: it was really designed for the person who was dying and not for those who were going to grieve or were grieving. Is is that true? Right.
1: Yes, I believe that is. Yeah. And um, Interesting. Yeah, I just it, thought that was interesting. It is. Yes, and definitely not a linear process for those um, who are going through the grief process following a loss.
0: Well, you know, and, and the loss of a spouse is a special kind of grief, as is every grief. I mean, the loss of a child. I mean, there's so many, you can grieve lo- the loss of a job or the loss of a marriage or something like that, but the loss of a spouse, and we're specifically talking about your husband. Um, my husband died suddenly, and I know many who have lost their spouse after a long illness. Can you um, speak to that kind of grief? Like my, my husband, I always said, I, I always thought he would get better. Obviously, right. later, after I went through it and went to some Christian counseling, he got he got healed in heaven. Um, right. But there's a sudden loss, and then there's the grieving that starts sometimes while they're still alive with a long illness. what What is that can you speak to that kind of grief, those two different kinds?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the the relationship we have with the person that we've lost really impacts our grieving process. And when you are thinking about losing a spouse, it's not just the person that you miss, that you're grieving. You're really kind of grieving all of the changes and the impacts to your day-to-day life following that loss. Um, but oftentimes, Grief Mm -hmm. starts at the time of a diagnosis or, you know, when you're when you're starting to see that there might be something going on that could potentially lead to the end of someone's life. Um, There's a lot of role changes that take place in a marriage. Um, Sometimes instead of having just that husband and wife relationship, now it's kind of shifted to a patient caregiver relationship. And Mm -hmm. that can be really difficult. And and like, as I
0: mentioned, my husband died very suddenly and and he was just Mm -hmm. gone. I mean, he he had addiction problems. And I talk about my journey in episode one of A Widow's Heart. Um, Sure. But that was so shocking too. And I, I thought to myself, and I mean, I'll just be transparent. I was many other widows I've talked to. It's like, well, at least you got to say goodbye and you had this long, you know, love affair and, and it was, you know, uh, okay. difficult, but you got to say goodbye and I didn't really get to say goodbye. Um, right. is, is that a different type of recovery process?
1: It can be, yes. I think that people who have had that opportunity of seeing and watching their loved one decline really find themselves in a place of being ready to see their suffering be over. And you kind of do get to kind of work towards some of that acceptance through that process. Um, whereas, In a sudden death, you really don't have that. And that's when we can sometimes see that grief go from a normal grieving process to what's sometimes referred to as complicated grief, where maybe somebody is feeling more stuck in the anger stages or experiencing more depression that comes along um, in the grief process as a whole.
0: We're talking with um, Beth Filson, a licensed independent clinical social worker with Christian Family Solutions, episode four of A Widow's Heart. And I'm so glad you're along. And I'm glad you brought up that anger part, too, because I and maybe um, uh, someone listening can identify with that, too, because it was uh, an accidental drug overdose. And I always thought that he would get better. and. You know, the Bible talks about about making your plans and <laughs> the right. Lord you know, determines our steps. And I certainly definitely learned that. But I felt really guilty after he died suddenly of an accidental drug overdose because um, I was still mad. I was still angry about that right. particular situation. And if I can just cheerlead you on, Beth, because mm-hmm. I've always said to anyone who feels like they're stuck, because I really felt like I was stuck. That was about four, five months after his death. I found a Christian therapist who helped me. And um, one of the things they said was two things. Number one, you have to forgive John. And number two, you can I hate the word hate, but you can hate the word, you can hate the addict, but you can still love John. And those two things just blew my mind.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yes. And that anger can be directed in so many ways and the intensity of it, um, can vary from day to day. Um, when we, when we kind of think about those stages of grief, the first two that are kind of listed in that order, um, not necessarily experienced in that order are the denial and then the anger, um, and the denial piece kind of comes into play because you're really resisting that reality. It's too much for you to take in and process all at once. So you only allow yourself um, to acknowledge little bits and pieces at a time. So you have time to process. Yeah.
0: And Beth, can I interrupt you for a moment, too? Because yeah. that, that was really impactful on my grieving journey Um years ago because I always thought to myself that God invented us like an onion that in sure. grief, just, just a little piece can peel back at a time because yeah. we just we couldn't take it all in because many times I was just thought, okay, I've got to call John or he's going to come through the house or I'm going to see him on his John Deere tractor yes. mowing the yard. And right. it was just the most bizarre process.
1: Hmm. Yes. And I think that once we kind of do make it through and can process some of those things. That's oftentimes when that anger swoops in because that sometimes serves as a mask. Where I I sometimes think of that anger piece as like a tangled ball of yarn, where you're feeling um, the sadness, the guilt, the the maybe shame in some of the circumstances surrounding the death, depending on what those might be. Um, So there's all these emotions tangled up and it's hard to pull them apart and to figure out how we're really feeling. But anger is easily expressed. So oftentimes that's what's kind of masking everything else because that's an easy one to understand for ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And can you comment on the on the other um, steps of grief? And again, all of us who have been through this know that it doesn't happen in that order. And then maybe you can talk about that, how it is, you know, kind of like that messy ball of yarn.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So the the couple of stages we haven't mentioned yet would be um, bargaining, um, depression and acceptance. And so Um, bargaining is kind of where we're trying to regain a sense of the control because oftentimes we have no control over life and death. That's, that's kind of in God's hands. Um, and we, as humans don't like to feel like we aren't in control of what's going on around us. So that's kind of that stage of, um, the, the, if only I had, or what if I did this, maybe this wouldn't have happened as a Mm -hmm. way to kind of regain that control.
0: And what can you say to that widow who is listening right now? Because I know I've had that Mm -hmm. conversation with, with several where it's like, if I had only gotten him to the hospital an hour before, or if I had been more aware and not so busy, or if it's, it's this whole guilt and it's, it's my fault. Um, And yeah, can you, can you talk about that and maybe put, put them at ease?
1: Right, yes. And I think one of the things that has been most helpful that I found for people who do have that that stronghold of faith is putting your trust in God's perfect plan. And we maybe don't know what that plan is. We can't see that whole picture. It hasn't been revealed to us yet, but God knows what he's doing. So really seek that comfort um, in him and his infinite wisdom. Um, and the, the other thing I would add to that would be, um, you you made the best decisions you could given the information you had at that time of course looking back we can always say i should have i could have what if i had um but but we didn't and oftentimes there were pieces to that puzzle that that we just didn't know and we were we were going off the information we had at the time
0: and yeah and and i think too i mean a lot of times that is the enemy too you're going through Mm -hmm. one of the most difficult times of your life and mm-hmm. and you just don't need that. Um, God has a plan, and sometimes it's it's easy to be angry with that and say, you yes. know, <laughs> oh, well, why would you do this or why would you do that? But um, in in His timing, I mean, it's going to be made known to you. And I am also in um, work with uh, Widow Mite, and who mm-hmm. that has four four cornerstones: to live, to heal, to grow, and to thrive. And the living part in that is, is, is the early part of grief when you can just get through the next two minutes or the next right. five, you know, five minutes or five days or something like that yes. to live, to heal, to grow. And I'm at the thriving part, but um, you do have to lean on others in order to get through that. So Absolutely. with that... I think what we're going to do is take a quick break. We'll be right back with uh, our special guest on A Widow's Heart. This is uh, episode four, talking with Beth Filson. I like how you say grief through grace. Uh, No, grace through grief. Let me turn that around. Grace through (laughs) grief, surviving the death of a spouse. A Widow's Heart is grateful for the support of Wings for Widows. Walking through widowhood is incredibly challenging. The number of important decisions that need to be made can simply be overwhelming and it's hard to know who you can trust. Wings for Widows provides personalized financial planning to help widows and widowers move forward with clarity, confidence, and control over their financial wellness. All services are provided at no cost. More information is available at wingsforwidows.org. Welcome back to A Widow's Heart. This is episode four, and we are doing the tough work. We're actually talking about the grief process um, with Beth Filson, who is a licensed independent clinical social worker with our friends at Christian Family Solutions. And specifically, Beth, again, can you uh, tell us what you do, what your specialties are?
1: Right. Um, Yep. So early in my career, I I worked more in the medical field as a medical social worker in a hospice program, um, which is where where I really developed my, my love for helping people through, through their loss and grief. Um, about a year ago, I took a position with Christian Family Solutions, and here I am um, working as a therapist for um, adoles- adolescents and adults. Um, and one of um, my areas of specialty in working as a therapist is in helping people process grief. And
0: I'm looking at your website to christianfamilysolutions.org and uh, to our listeners, you can go there, christianfamilysolutions.org and review a lot of the information and um, the help that we're talking about um, right now. Can you talk about the loss that may be experienced before a spouse dies? If you can uh, just go over a couple of those again.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, so oftentimes the grieving process starts long before the actual death or the actual loss of our spouse. Um, so one of the the big changes that people often grieve um, is the the change in marriage roles. Um, oftentimes there's roles that you kind of agree upon within your relationship. One of them, one of the main ones is as husband and wife. Um, and in the the circumstance of a a long illness, oftentimes that dynamic changes to patient caregiver and that losing sight of that, that spousal relationship can be very difficult. Um, You know, depending on where the care is received, even that loss of physical closeness, whether it's moving into separate beds, so Mm -hmm. it's easier to provide care or if a spouse has to go to a a facility for care, those are huge losses and huge changes within a marital relationship.
0: Also along with that, Beth, comes the loss of dreams. Can you speak to that too? Because that's a hard one. That is a hard one.
1: You know, it's not uncommon for couples to kind of have hopes and dreams of, you know, starting a family, raising their family, and then um, as they transition into um, being empty nesters or heading into retirement. You kind of form plans of what that time period of your life is going to look like and the things that you get to enjoy watching your children, your grandchildren, all of those things um, and the, that hope, those dreams are kind of shattered then. Um, and, and so it's, it's a future with that person that you really grieve as well. And so after
0: you've lost your spouse, and um, I've walked through this as, as so many have, because what 90% of women um, will become widows in, in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a fact. It's not anything that we're saying to, to make you feel bad or anything like that. But um, I remember immediately within a few months after John had passed away, I got sick i got really sick i have asthma i got bronchitis we used to drive up at christmas time to my parents house at christmas time um and i drove by myself crying the whole way Mm -hmm. and um, was on antibiotics and and i think that's something that happens to a lot of people too and in in the as in the role of a caregiver you've just been kind of on call 24 7 and all of a sudden that need for you is gone um Mm -hmm. does that happen a lot
1: It does. Yes. You kind of in that that process of caring for somebody or having your focus shift elsewhere, it's easy to forget to care for ourselves. And sometimes there's that struggle of what's my sense of purpose now? I've been doing this for so long. This has been my routine for so long. And now what? Um, And it can take a little bit of time for those feelings to um, surface, because um, when you think about how funerals um, are typically handled here. There is a period of time where there's lots of family gathered, people are checking in on you frequently, but slowly that support starts to fade a little bit and you're really finding yourself um, more alone, um, possibly more isolated at times. um, and, And those feelings of what is my purpose? What, what, why do I wake up in the morning? How do I keep mm-hmm. myself going and kind of shift, shift that focus?
0: And, you know, I, and again, in in the interest of being transparent, I remember after John was gone and I just thought to myself, I really don't have a purpose as you were talking about mm-hmm. right now. And I did have this, this was back then, but I had this thought that went through, I didn't want to end my life but i thought "Mm, what if i just got hit by a car i would rather be in heaven right now right um is that an odd thought process or
1: i think that is a very normal thought process Um, and i think it 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 goes back to feeling out of control and kind of losing that hope um, as you learn to adjust to what is my life going to look like now
0: what are some of the steps moving forward? And and what are you seeing? Because there are, like we said, the first days, the first weeks, the first month, and then the all-important first year yes. after the death of a spouse. Um, can you and, and not every journey is is correct, but can you speak to that? And I remember very fully the widow's fog in the first six months to to mm-hmm. a year where you would make appointments or plans with people, and you'd forget, or you'd do. And you'd be like, "What is wrong with me?" Can you just right. talk about those first couple years of um, of of what a widow would go through? And to, so they're yeah. they no, they're not they're not abnormal.
1: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. You know, unfortunately, there is no time frame to grief. Everybody's grieving process is going to be different. We all. It, in our own ways, but there are patterns that that typically emerge, and that that first year can be so hard as you kind of figure out um, your life now and how to live well without that that person who's been by your side for so long. Um, you might experience feelings of uneasiness, even being invited places with friends. You kind of want to have that connection, but maybe it's friends that you've always um, gone to with your spouse, a couples group, and now you don't have that person to share it with. And there is the flip side to that, too, of, you know, maybe the couples who you would hang out with are feeling uneasy about inviting you because they don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Um, So there's kind of that push pull of, yes, I want to do these things, but I'm apprehensive. Um, And um, working your way through that can be difficult. And you're right. There is a level of brain fog and forgetfulness or maybe just You know, you have plans, you wake up in the morning and it's just a hard day for some reason or another. That grief is hitting you harder and you just don't have the energy to be social or um, go out and do activities that you typically would enjoy.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are some important strategies for managing that grief?
1: I think um, extending yourself some kindness is essential and understand that there will be good days and there will be bad days and that that is perfectly okay. Um, my words of encouragement are that if you're starting to feel like maybe you are stuck in the anger or stuck in the depression, reach out for help. Um, lean on family and friends, accept offers of help. Um, and if it's if it's professional help that you're needing, um, it's okay to do that, uh, and I would encourage you to do that because sometimes that's just the extra support you need um, to be able to transition into whatever stage of grief is going to be coming next for you along your healing journey.
0: We're talking with Beth Vilson who is with Christian Family Solutions on A Widow's Heart. I'm so glad that you're listening. I'm Pam Lundell. And this one is a, is, is a big one, too, because even though I have been a widow, I know of two ladies who have just, within the last month, lost their husband. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't know what to say. What, what, is some, what are some ways for friends and family to come alongside the person who's lost their spouse?
1: Hmm. Um, I know sometimes that can feel like an uncomfortable place to be in because we don't know what to say or what to do that. I mean, we want to be helpful. We want to be supportive. But I think it's a common fear to I don't want to say something to make it worse or do the wrong thing. Um, and I think those are very real fears for a lot of people. Um, being open and honest about that, I think is always helpful. I don't know what what to say in this circumstance, but know that I'm thinking about you know, that I'm praying for you. Um, it's hard to accept help. So instead of asking that person what they need, maybe just think of a way to help and do it, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing a meal or grabbing a couple of standard groceries or something, just so they don't have to ask or figure out what they need, kind of take that step ahead. Um, and just go for it.
0: That's so good, so, Beth. Yeah, I remember. And that's yeah. what I have that it just reminded me um, to just make plans. Just say, if you don't have plans tomorrow, I'm going to come and pick you up for lunch. Just make right. it definite. Not call me if you want to go to lunch because you're probably yeah. never going to get that phone call. Absolutely. Or, I remember it was wintertime and I would just sit there going, I wish I had someone who could shovel the walk. I mean, you know, I was a younger widow and and I could certainly shovel my walk. But that's something that John used to do. Um, Right. I do remember a brother-in-law came over and helped me plow the driveway. And about the sixth time I asked him, he was hilarious. He came over and said, you know what? I'm going to show you how to use the snow plow. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. No, you're supposed to do it for me. But also yeah. no matter if the, the person who's lost their spouse has little ones at home, or in my case, mm-hmm. um, they were grown and, and, and the kids were gone, but... As a single um, newer widow, I mean, I could have, I I always used to think, hear myself saying, I wish someone would make me a sandwich because I just didn't have any energy, you know? Yes. (laughs) So don't forget about the single, the younger widow who you think can do it herself, you know?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And I I think sometimes, you know, when we're in our grief, like you mentioned, the, the brain fog, the lack of energy it's exhausting to make decisions, even simple ones. So having somebody just do it and say, you know, I thought you maybe could use this or I was at the store, so I grabbed this for you. Those things are huge and so helpful. Um, And another thing to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're supporting someone who's grieving is what are important dates? Because oftentimes those can be difficult too. So You know an anniversary or a birthday or a family wedding or the birth of a new child within the Mm. family those are tough dates so if it's someone close to you that you'd have some idea that oh yeah i know that you know their their spouse's birthday is coming up i'm gonna set a reminder for myself so i can acknowledge that in some way Um, or at least let them know that i'm thinking about them i'm praying for them those things are, are big and very meaningful
0: as well. Yeah. And, and even, even to this, I mean, it's been, it's been, I'll tell you, it has been 15 years since John passed away. I've remarried, but I have a heart for widows. Mm -hmm. Therefore a widow's Mm -hmm. heart. (laughs) But I I do even, even to this day, there are three days in a row that just, just are really hard. And it's February 13th, which is um, our granddaughter's birthday. She turned one Mm -hmm. And then John died the next year. Oh um, and so 13th and then Valentine's day. And then February 15th was my late husband's birthday. Okay. Yeah. yeah so that was the trifecta. So, that was just right. like so hard. And I do remember some girlfriends came over and said, we're going to the spa. We're going to get manicures and pedicures. And we had the Valentine's day one where they put rose petals in the water. It was so oh long. <laughs> and nice. we cried and we laughed yeah. and, Even to this day, um, many people still remember that. Also, I have to tell you, Beth, um, uh, John passed away on on August 14th in
1: 2005.
0: On August 14th, I'm sorry, September 14th, I got a letter in the mail. And then on the 14th of October and then the 14th of November, and you see the pattern, this friend Mm -hmm. decided for the first year to just write a note or a letter or a card and mentioning a few things about him. I didn't realize until the year had gone by that this was on the anniversary of his homegoing, which was just a momentous thing to do and so much appreciated.
1: Yeah, you've got some good friends around you, it sounds like. That is a very (laughs) thoughtful thing to do.
0: yeah Yeah. well so Beth um do you have any I know we have to be confidential but do you have Mm -hmm. a story maybe that you can share of someone who moved through or or did something um courageous you know through her I have a friend whose husband died of ALS and it's been two years now and she threw herself into that and she's making inroads even in Washington DC um in memory of her husband it's amazing
1: wow yeah uh Well, I think, um, one story that, that does stand out in my mind and, um, I don't know if this, um, pertains to everything that we're talking about, but I think it just kind of goes to show that, that grieving process from time of diagnosis through, um, months and years after the death of, of your loved one is, um, it was an older couple who, um, she was trying to care for her, her husband at home and she did a phenomenal job. Um, and she also had a lot of family close by children, grandchildren, um, people who could, um, really step in and help and support her in that process. And as we could tell that he was probably within his final days, um, we were kind of talking about, you know, what, what, What do you need in this time? How can we help you? How can we support you? Um, And with his illness, he had been sleeping in a a hospital bed in a different room of their house for a long time just to be able to provide care. And she wanted one last hug. Um, And so her family helped her get settled in. um, And he wasn't able to really uh, move his extremities or things like that at that time. But they helped her. Um, get in that hospital bed with him and position Aww. them both so they could take his arms and kind of hold them around her um, and just support them in that moment and that that's something that to me really stands out because she really felt like she got um, kind of that that closure that she needed um, to be able to move through her grieving process. Mm-hmm.
0: That is beautiful. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. beautiful, Beth. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was just at the homegoing service for a young widow and her two teenage children, who's um, our pastor, actually, just died died suddenly. He just died, just a robust, amazing man. And at the homegoing service, Mm -hmm. she stood up and her daughter stood up and between tears um, and a lot of laughter telling stories their faith was so apparent. And I mean, that's right. what it's all about. It was, it was so amazing to see their endless faith and for them to be up there. And, and also, um, I just wanted to comment too, I think what is it's okay if you have a memorial service a week, two weeks, two months after the, the person has gone to heaven. Because sometimes mm. that lets you do your core grieving and then you're in a better place to be amongst these people, and that's that's what happened here too. Yes. Anyway, could could you talk about that and and maybe say a prayer for our listeners who are desperately missing their spouses?
1: Yeah, um, I I think that that is one of the the biggest mm-hmm. blessings that we have as Christians, and having that that hope of eternal life and knowing that our loved ones suffering here on earth is over and they're they're living in in the the glory of heaven that's been promised to us um and even you know as you're supporting someone who's going through that grief process um reminding them of the comfort that we do have in christ um, and that promise of eternal life in heaven um so um just um kind of in in closing with a prayer here um heavenly father thank you for sending your son Um, to take away our sins and promising that eternal hope um, of eternal life in heaven. Be with us here as we fulfill our purposes according to what you have called us to be here on earth and help us to support each other as we go through the grieving process, always keeping in mind that you are in control, our lives are in your hands, and to put our faith and trust into you. Be with us as we support our brothers and sisters in Christ through our time of loss. Amen.
0: Mm. Beth Filson, you are amazing, and it's so wonderful to know that there are organizations like Christian Family Solutions with Christ at the center. And yes. um, without that, I don't, I don't know how people get through the loss of a loved one. I really don't.
1: I think it the the difficult process can be even more difficult without that hope of eternal life in Christ. And it, this um, organization and this job has been such a blessing to me. Um, to be able to go to work every day surrounded with Christian brothers and sisters and be able to share my faith and my day-to-day work is such a blessing.
0: Mm, wonderful. Would you um mind sharing maybe your email address in case people have any questions or comments?
1: Absolutely. Um, so my email address is b in, at wlcfs.org.
0: That's b-f-i-l- Z-E-N at
1: W-L-C-F-S dot
0: org Beth wonderful to talk with you and um, you. we'll be praying for you and your ministry too at Christian Family Solutions um, and again you. if you have um, any questions please uh, contact uh, Beth or you can go to their website at ChristianFamilySolutions.org I'm so thankful for Beth taking the time to talk with us about grief. If you need help with your walk or even tasks that your husband formerly did, and you're not able to do yourself, reach out to your church community. Don't be afraid, in scripture, God makes it clear over and over again that you are to be cared for by the church and that He is watching out for you. God often calls upon the church to care for orphans and widows as they're among the most vulnerable in any community. Don't be afraid or embarrassed to reach out for connection as it may provide you the support and healing you need most. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Widow's Heart. If you know a widow, please share. If you are a widow, know that you are loved, cherished, and protected under his wings. A Widow's Heart is a product of University of Northwestern St. Paul Media and is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and at myktis.com.